Welcome to Circle of Three, a guided conversation between two friends and colleagues with an invitation to you, our listener, to step into the circle with us. I'm Bonnie Lowen, a spiritual guide who tends to different types of circle and retreats with the hope of creating safe and healing ways to gather. And I'm Catherine Cherowick. I'm a certified executive coach, and I love having conversations that are curious and surprise me. <laughs> then why don't we have another one? <laughs> okay. And this one dips into the next few words from Mary Oliver's poem, Wild Geese. Tell me about despair yours, and I will tell you mine. Eleven simple words. What have those words inspired this time, Bonnie? Hmm. Well, when I read these eleven words, I hear the foundational practice that builds the bridge we walk if we are to belong to each other. And when I think of that bridge, I walk across a decade of time and remember my five years with Elaine Rempel-Koop. Every Wednesday, she and I spent the morning being church, as she would call it. Still quite mobile, but not mobile enough to attend her church, she asked if I would be willing to meet with her every week for reflection. Elaine was a mother, a school teacher, and a fine pianist. But she lived her days with a disease that attacked her mitochondria. Every moment of every day, she slowly, bit by incremental bit, lost control of all physical ability. By the time this Wednesday, the Wednesday that I'm going to tell you about, she no longer lived at home. She lived in the smallest of rooms in the highest level of care. We are deep into that Wednesday morning when an older woman with a plastic Safeway bag in hand bounces into the room. She pulls something out of the bag. I knit these for MCC and I thought you'd like to see, and then she waves these purple mitts in the air for a bit in front of Elaine's face. El Elaine smiles, tries a few words. I think she says, so cute. Before she leaves, this woman pats Elaine on the head. You poor dear. As soon as the woman has left the room, Elaine turns to me and says, Why do you think people are afraid of me? What do you mean by afraid? I ask. Well, they either leave as fast as they can, or they show and tell their life to me. Why do you think they do that? I ask, because they're uncomfortable being around me, around this. And then she sweeps her hands across her body. If they actually stopped and looked, I said, and listened, they'd see you as a person. But why would that be so uncomfortable? And we sit in our silence. She breaks it with, they think they are persons because their bodies work, because they have errands to do in town, because they have a marriage that works and children who are good at school. And when they see me, some aren't even afraid. They're certain I'm not a person because I have nothing they have that makes them a person. 
so they pat me on the head or change my diaper like I'm a two-year-old. I can sense the moment a person walks in the door, whether they are afraid of me or not. And I often wonder what I could say to help them not be so afraid. The irony of it all is that often I do the exact opposite. I give them what they expect and make sure they won't see me as a human being. Why are you not afraid, Bonnie? Well, I am sometimes. Really? You hide it well. I, I get why we're afraid of you, Elaine. And I'm so sorry for that truth. I'm addicted to what I do. And to be with you, to like really be with you exposes that. And then I have to look at myself and some of us have to look at a life built on a house of cards. And then I don't have a hot clue who I am without all the cards. Elaine cuts in. I wish we could just feel uncomfortable and then move on. I have some friends and then the odd nurse who know how to do that. Another long breath of silence, and then she says, I don't want to be admired. I definitely don't want to be pitied. I just want to be understood. <laughs> tell me about despair yours, Elaine, then yes, I will tell you mine. Every Wednesday. In fact, every Wednesday for five years. We belonged to each other. We belong to each other. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Bonnie, um, thank you for that. And thank you to Elaine. Mm -hmm. It strikes me that, you know, she in that moment really spoke her truth to you. Yeah. And there was a certain quality around the space that was held for her to speak that truth. Hmm. And you and I talk a lot about that in our friendship, hmm. about what is required. When is it, when are we speaking our truth? What do you think? Like, what are these qualities for you that are needed for that to happen? I don't know, about a year in to our Wednesdays, we started recording our conversations and we wrote a book for her children. I would scribe sort of a meaningful part of that conversation and then I would go home, type it up, come back to her, she would edit it and then it would go into her book for her kids. And then about year three or four, she said, Bonnie, be public with this when you can be. So here we are. So thanks for that nudge, Elaine. Mm. What was your question again? Yeah. <laughs> Well, just in that, even in that example of you taking a story and sharing it about you and Elaine, mm -hmm. there is a part that's your story in it. Mm -hmm. What is it for you that's important to hold in that space of speaking our truth? Hmm. I'm listening to that question through my relationship with Elaine. And... This relationship had an arc of intentional, reflective work for over five years. And I can't say we spoke our truth instantly. Like we were on the edges of it. 
sitting with each other when you choke on a sip of your first, the first time you choke on a sip of tea. I remember sitting with her. Probably the biggest thing I would say is mm-hmm. show up for each other. Don't get in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't interpret me. Pockets of silence, like intentional silence. When you feel uncomfortable in a conversation, take in a deep breath and just let silence hold the discomfort. Yeah. Well, in my coaching world, there's a third entity between two people or in between two groups that exists in its own space Yeah, that has wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've noticed you do with that third entity which you do really well, which is partly why I, we're here together. You honor that space between people. You're, that presence, it's like an open field for a person to walk into and then they can, they can explore themselves in that place. Hmm. And mm-hmm. there's beauty in just holding the space for someone to be in your presence and hold whatever it is they're holding. I was curious about what you've had to unlearn in order to become more authentic in your practice. There is an Ojibwe elder who spoke into the circle and he said, and he could have been looking right into my eyes, at least that's what it felt like. Us humans are the most human when we live inside of the unknown And it's a colonized mind that wants to be right. Hmm. That's one, uh, that's one piece of wisdom that sits inside of me about not knowing. But another one, if I can just go, go back to Elaine for a moment. When I told this story, I was conscious that that would never have been Elaine's pace of a story. And she may not even have used as many words. The spirit of it is there and the details are there, but her word selection was extremely stringent. Um, And there's the diving bell and the butterfly, which is written by a man who is in locked-in syndrome. That was the book that she and I read to each other. And she was a worshiper of language that was enough. Hmm. She couldn't stand empty language. I think truth is super simple in some ways, just mm-hmm. uncomfortable. That's, that's a big thing Elaine taught me. Why is it important for you to share your truth with others? I have Madeline Langle in my ear in the moment. She said, if you drink from the lake, you need to feed it. That was after, I remember reading her book, Wrinkle in Time, I guess. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I had taken a lot of gulps out of the lake. Something I also learned from Elaine is that it was structured. We had a way of beginning. We lit a candle. We had a Ukrainian doll that we opened up because it was a metaphor for the inner life. We would create our little altar And then we we would have our little feast and it was yogurt and raspberries and it was lemon yogurt. And then after we had our feast, then I would read from the the diving bell and the butterfly. And then we would have a very short conversation and then I would describe. 
And then at the end, I played Foreign Lands by Schumann on her little electric piano. That was our container. Mm. And what I learned from that is that, I don't know how, we're hardwired for habit and habit that gets done over and over and over again in meaningful environments. We call them ritual. And ritual creates safe space for hard and deep conversations. Mm. That's a big learning I got from Elaine. Mm. Because it made sense to me, those containers in like circle, it just simply also made a lot of sense for the intimate relationships. How do we do bedtime with our children? Um, how do we greet our friends when they come to the door? Uh, how do we begin our breakfast in the morning when we're by ourselves? I'm curious about how all of that integrates into your circles and, and the circle, the practice of circle. Like what are the qualities of that, those types of rituals, I guess, the containers that work for you in those mm -hmm. environments? My first kind of go is that acknowledge that every gathering needs a container and then acknowledge that every gathering requires a unique container. And I think we can learn from each other. There's an element of hospitality and aesthetics and light and beauty in the spaces that we meet and that we tend to that. Uh, that there's a way that each person gets an opportunity to speak their truth and to help each other understand what that is. Uh, and we can do it through, in the Indigenous circles, we do that through talking sticks or the grandfather and the grandmother stones. In Quaker circles, if you ever you're going to speak, you need to improve upon the silence, that kind of respect for silence. So each container has within it the desire to get specific about what that group needs to feel safe to speak its truth. Altars a centerpiece like in Elaine's case, a candle and, and the Ukrainian doll, but something something visual that holds the, the eternal. Mm. I'm kind of going on, but every circle needs to be listened. Like you have to listen to the circle itself. Everybody who's listening, for instance, we have our own family. We have our own ways of gathering. I look I look at you and your way of, Catherine lives with three families in one household. And I don't know, Catherine's probably not going to say this, but I can. Every single dinner, Catherine's family gathers around a table and they eat together. I know that sounds kind of like, well, of course they should do that. But really, if we actually think about it, how many of us sit around a table and eat together at the end of the day? Do you see that as a habit that creates something exceptional or ordinary well, I think some of the rituals we have we may not actually know their rituals until someone else pops into the ritual and says huh this is something that doesn't happen in my life this is not normal in my life you know the Priya Parker the ways yes. to gather that comes into my mind right mm -hmm. now you yeah. get at those qualities of yeah. what's needed in order to create a space where you're saying tell me about despair yours and I will tell you mine that happens at dinner it yeah. happened around a table with two friends we went out for a meal outside we sat outside and it was a circle of three the ritual was 
ordering food and talking and taking turns sharing what's yeah. happening. Well, when you went back to the poems line for a moment there, I thought to myself, for us to create gathering space where the line is, tell me about despair yours and I will tell you mine. <laughs> tell me about joy yours and I will tell you mine. Those are kind of like their sisters. True reciprocity. And I'm wondering how this, this idea of reciprocity, this practice of sharing and truth-telling, how does it relate to our last conversation in terms of letting our, you know, soft animal instincts love what they love? How, how do these two things relate in your mm -hmm. mind? I'm thinking of the woman who has become Aja's, my daughter's Cree teacher. And I'm thinking, I'm remembering how we have walked the walk together. And of course she wants me to speak the truth about the fact that I have acquired some kinds of privilege because of, you know, shame-filled Indigenous settler relationships. Like that, tr the truth of that in terms of its, like that has to be acknowledged and we want to acknowledge that. But the truth of that has to be embodied in the, in, in the whole of us, not just some head stuff. And then when we can do that, then I can speak honestly with her about the simple struggles I have in the morning, getting my daughter to school, and how hard it is sometimes to teach her Cree. I, I don't know, we just get to little real bits of stuff that we can talk to each other about. And then, and then at the end of all of that, we lock eyes. You are my blessing. You are Aja's blessing. And then I get to say, and you are mine. Hmm. This whole podcast, this, this episode two, mm -hmm. has really helped me deepen my own human experience. And, it, and it's, it's almost shifting the values of how to belong to each other. And um, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you too. That was an exchange of uh, discovery for me. <sighs> so we turn to our listeners now, to you. Thank you for stepping into this circle with us. Before we leave this conversation, though, we'd like to thank our team. Recording and mastering, Madeline Roger. Theme music by Rain Hamilton. Editing and production oversight by Kate Friesen, The Story Source. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. I'm Bonnie Lowen. And I'm Catherine Cherowick till our next Circle of Three. If you think of a friend who would engage in this conversation, welcome to Pass It Along. Other reflections, writings, and retreats are found on my website, beingbeloved.ca.